bring it up, Jake. On the BetQL Network, Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you. All our bets for the Niners and the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Coming up 40 minutes from now, final segments of the show. We'll have um, actives and inactives at that point. We will know if Christian McCaffrey's definitely in. That's the expectation. And we know that Trent Williams and Debo are going to be out, but we await the official word on McCaffrey. So we will bring you all our bets all our thoughts on the Niners and the Vikings coming up 40 minutes from now. Side total and props. Bets of Steel coming up next segment. Unfortunately, only one game tonight in the National Hockey League, but don't worry, we'll make up for it tomorrow where I'm going to have to wake up like an hour earlier than I usually do just to handicap 16 or 15 NHL games tomorrow, whatever it is. Um, frozen Frenzy tomorrow. Every NHL team will be playing. We're going to have a massive Bets of Steel segment in the Power Hour plus a power hour segment tomorrow on the two NBA games, the games we've already bet. Tuesday's going to be an absolute banger here on You Better You Bet. But only one game tonight. We'll get to it next segment, the Sabres and the Canadiens. We'll also um, bring you day one of Lochmas. Ken's going to tell you how to bet the national championship right now in college football with Michigan as the new favorite atop the betting market. We'll also give you our bets for game seven of the ALCS tonight. Max Scherzer and the Rangers, Christian Javier and the Houston Astros. But for now, like we are, way behind, as per usual, on P-squared, B-squared, and our handicaps for games in Week 8. So let's get back to it here. And Ken, let's go to Pittsburgh for the Jaguars and the Steelers, where Jacksonville will have like a mini-buy, right, coming off their win on the road in New Orleans. Pittsburgh coming off a win on the road in L.A. against the Rams, aided by both Brett Maher and the officials. The Jaguars, two-and-a-half-point road favorites at Pittsburgh. The total is 41-and-a-half. Um, is this as easy as just teasing Pittsburgh and that's it? Or any other thoughts and bets for you on this game? It's gonna. We're gonna start with that. Uh, it might be betting Pittsburgh at some point. All these two and a halfs are now way juiced toward Jacksonville. We're like really close to three in this game, and we didn't. We opened one and a half, so the interest has been all on the Jacksonville side so far. And uh, okay, like my number, my number in the game is not even close to three. By the way, my number in the game is pick. Like I just, I'm not even like I'm not in the zip code of three. So and okay, maybe Jacksonville's really good. I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. This is going to be a really interesting market to follow. I didn't think I would have any bets. Now we're really close to three, which is definitely a bet on Pittsburgh for me. Um, we'll see if we get there. If we get there, we'll talk about betting. Yeah, I, I think I'm Jacksonville is like a one-point favorite in the game, but it's really close. Uh, if it's ever going to be three, then yeah, it's like the easiest click of the button. On, at home, Steelers plus three, really easy. I, I do think Jacksonville is like a little better than Pittsburgh, but like the Steelers have like this weird mojo thing going on where they just like they're terrible and they win. And uh, the quarterback plays ball in the fourth quarter, and they have a singularly great defensive player who's going to the Hall of Fame and uh, like a Hall of Fame caliber head coach in Mike Tomlin. So yeah, tough to go against them. Three, easy bet on the Steelers. Steelers teasers in this range, I think, is also pretty easy. We'll talk more. We're not trying to shortchange this game. We just literally gave you what we think. But um, we got to get to some other games here. We will do more on this game, obviously, throughout the course of the week. So it sounds like Pittsburgh or nothing for both of us early on in the week. All right. NFC East. That was quick. 
<laughs> NFC East. Uh, Eagles and the Commanders will finish their season series on Sunday in our nation's capital. Uh, the Eagles following their Sunday Night Football win against Miami, where, by the way, Jalen Hurts played the second half of the game wearing a knee brace. Said after the game he's fine. He also played well in the second half. And Ian Rappaport tweeting earlier today that this is not an injury that, like, will cost Hurts any time. So Hurts is going to play in this game. As of right now, things can change, but it looks like Hurts is going to be good to go. May not even be on the injury report. We'll see when we get to Wednesday. The side and total of this game sees the Eagles as six-and-a-half-point road favorites. The total is 43-and-a-half. These two teams played about, what, three weeks ago, a month ago in Philadelphia. The Eagles won the game in overtime. Uh, the Commanders forcing OT on, like, one of the last plays of the game on a Sam Howell touchdown, and then a two-point conversion, and then Eagles win by three in overtime to cover teaser legs, which we very much needed. Uh, Ken, pen, pencil, blood, or blank, Eagles and the commies. Going to be hard to talk myself out of Eagles teaser legs uh, in this game. I just, uh, if they're going to be, like, a really healthy version, of, I know we just did the Hurts thing, but, like, you know, Devontae made it through last night's game okay. Uh, the defensive players all played yesterday. Their defensive line is just like a monster and getting better. And they get to face this Washington offensive line. Like, you're right that the commanders forced overtime in that game. But correct me if I'm wrong, the Eagles led 28-14 in the fourth quarter of that game, right? Like, scored a lot. And basically, like, Sam Howell had this epic comeback to force overtime. Touchdown pass. We wanted Rivera to go for two. And the win, he ended up... Uh, kicking the extra point to tie and went to overtime. Well, I think Just, I think that would have been the smart move. We needed him to kick the extra point so we could cover well, teaser legs in overtime. Right. Yes. Yeah, because you know, apparently if the Eagles play the commanders, the rule is we have to have teaser legs on the Eagles no matter where the game is played. Uh, my number in the game is seven, and it's not like, well, my number is seven, so I like the Eagles. Just I'm, like, worried about Sam Howell in this game. Like, everyone's healthy for the Eagles' defense. God, I wonder if Kevin is Kevin Byard going to play in this game. Not like it affects the handicap. Just curious. Like, I wonder if he's like, I don't ready see, in time. Honestly, like, I don't. I don't see why he wouldn't. I I don't know how Sam Howell like survives this game. Like, this is going to be really rough. Uh, and the Eagles are are like finally like really healthy for the first time in about three weeks. Okay, cool. Hertz is wearing a brace. Whatever. Uh, Eagles are nothing. The question is like, do I want to lay six and a half because I think it's going to go up? I don't know. Uh, but Eagles find ways to play tease the Eagles. This is just like, I know the commanders were able to come back and force that game, that overtime in, in the first week. There is still like a massive difference between these teams. And I'll like Washington against some teams, like equal talent, whatever, bad coach teams, sure. But there's just a huge step up in class. And the number just seems like a little bit short. Uh, the Eagles were up in that game. I have the box score of 24-17. Commanders tied it at 24. Then 31-24, and the Commanders tied it on the final play. So I had the two-point conversion part wrong. But they tied it on the final play of the game in regulation. And then, yep. th to your point, the Commanders obviously kicked the extra point since that was the debate around, like, what should have Ron Rivera have done? Um, I love the Eagles in this game. I think your handicap is spot on. I uh, I hope you win your Commanders uh, regular, your the win total over bet. I'm, I would be, and I, I don't know if you're worried about it. Not really. I, I don't, yeah, because it's a low number. They've already got three. So like, to be fair. That was the whole idea. Um, like the whole idea is they were, they were rated as the second worst team in the NFL. And they're probably like the sixth worst team in the NFL. I, well, the good news is for, for that bet, and this is more of like a season long thing with Washington, if Howell does get hurt, like Jacoby Brissett has proven that he's like a really adept backup and like can start games in the yep. NFL. So like. I, honestly, like, at some point, they need to have the conversation. Like, do they need to play Brissett? It's not that Howell is, like, brutal at the position, like, in terms of throwing the ball or makes terrible decisions. He gets sacked a billion times every game. 
And if that's what this is going to be, like, think about it. They played the Bears a couple weeks ago. The Bears defense had, like, no sacks the entire year. They sack Howell, like, a billion times. The Giants defense has been toothless this year. They sack Howell a billion times. Like, what do you like? What do you think's going to happen on Sunday when the Eagles play them? Like, the, I think it's going to be really bad for Howell. Uh, I, I like the Eagles in the game also. I agree with you. They sacked Howell five times in the previous meeting. And look, maybe, maybe the Washington many, I wonder how many pressures out of their... they had. I know you won't have it. I'd just be curious. Um, like, I mean, see, is that kind of stuff available probably. here? <laughs> uh, I'd have to like, I'd have to find like a, like no, a better box score than the one I'm looking at. Just that, like, it could have been, it could have been so much worse than it even looks with that number. So yeah, just if that's like, and it, it's just tough. Like, you want to bet an underdog thinking that they have like some chance of winning the game, and with such like an, an inherent disadvantage. And I know, like, the hey, you'd be like, well, the first meeting was close. Like, you would have bet him in that game. You would have been kind of right. And uh, and they were live to win. On average, still think there's a huge difference between the teams. I wonder. I don't think this is a. This is why the market would be set like this necessarily. Um, like you almost wonder if the first meeting is like what keeps this off seven. Like oh well, like they've matched up already and it was like a competitive game and what the market was in that. I don't know. It just. I feel like it just needs to be seven. Like if it's seven, this was a thirty second conversation and now it's kind of like oh man, like gotta do I have to find ways to play the Eagles? Um, at seven, I would still only bet Philadelphia. But I think I would comfortably, I would very, very comfortably not bet the game if the point spread was seven. Um, Eagles teasers, I love. Uh, I actually think during the break, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little six and a half just to have it, and then we'll see what happens throughout the course of the week. But I, I, I like the Eagles at this number quite a bit. I, I think this might be like a really ugly game for Washington on Sunday with how things are, sh are shaking out because they got really lucky against Atlanta, and then like they kind of got pantsed by the Giants. And I know the Giants only won the game by seven. Like I watched the game. The Giants should have won the game, but going away and didn't because Saquon's fumble and Shepard's fumble. I think it should have been a lot worse yesterday. for, And that's the Giants. And now the Eagles are coming to town. And the Eagles are definitely better than both these teams. So, yeah, Eagles or nothing. I'm going to take a little Eagles during the break. Uh, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. Uh, magnificent Football Monday, handicapping Week 8 in the NFL. Now we're on a nice little brisk pace. Uh, can't wait for this game. I actually bet this game earlier in the show, and I ate a little juice to do it. Nom nom. It's the number one and number two overall picks in the draft doing battle at the quarterback position. And both teams are coming off their bias. So it's C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans, three and three. One of the surprise stories of the season. Uh, traveling to Carolina to take on Bryce Young and the 0-6 Carolina Panthers. Now, the Panthers did make one notable move during the bye week when they changed play callers. Frank Wright giving up the offensive play calling duties to highly regarded offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, who comes from the Sean McVay tree. So right now, Houston, Ken, is in between a two-and-a-half and a, a three-point road favorite. It's three um, juiced big time towards Carolina at BetMGM. The total is about 42-and-a-half, 43. Uh, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Uh, Shroud, Young, Texans, Panthers. Yeah, this is, uh, we were talking about this with Whale a little bit. Uh, I think that was what hashtag on air, off air. I think that was on the air. Just the idea of, like, if you do like Carolina in the game a lot, um, then that means that, like, you know, I, I guess Stroud could have a way better performance, but somehow the, the Panthers win. That seems really unlikely to me. Probably means that Young outplayed Stroud, or at least they had comparable statistical games. And that means, like, the gap between Young and, and I can't, like, people are going to be like, you're crazy that this is a thing. It's still, it's week eight. There are still so many weeks left in the NFL season for how you think about awards and the order of things to change. And it's actually, if you wanted to pick 
a week that you would want, like if you bet on a guy to win an award, any award in the NFL, the week that you would want him to be the worst would be week one. And the week you'd want him to be the second worst would be week two. And the week you'd want, and so on and so on, because there are, right, in Bryce Young's case, I got good news for you. because like there's an incredible recency bias to how people vote for these awards. Nick Sirianni was, uh, you know, was running away with coach of the year until he wasn't. Until they lost to the Saints and Jalen Hurts got hurt. And then that thing flipped real fast. Uh, Brock Purdy got buzzed for offensive rookie of the year. He hadn't even started starting games yet. And he and he got buzzed for offensive rookie. They didn't win. But like that just showed like you want to be great late when everyone's talking about who they want to vote for to win these awards uh, in the last month of the season, the last six weeks of the season. We're not we're three weeks away from the last six weeks of the season so like if bryce young wins here and the difference between the two teams starts to compress a little bit it gets pretty interesting because no one else can win like maybe Nakua's just that good and he can win that's possible it is possible short of that that's kind of it it's a bunch of guys who can't win and then bryce young at 75 to 1 who maybe also can't win but like i can at least create a scenario where a quarterback who's the number one pick can win and it starts with winning this game. So it's not its not that I love Carolina. My number in the game is between two and a half and three. The market's between two and a half and three. They change play callers. Maybe that matters. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it matters. I just don't know if it's like that positive. It's different. And, uh, and both teams are off a bye. So there's not really anything to be gained there from a net standpoint. It's just uh, if you do like Carolina, you have to at least admit to yourself that it probably means Young outplayed Stroud. And that means the difference between them is closed a little bit. And it means that Stroud minus 175 and Bryce Young 75 to one is probably not the true difference between the players. So like, it's a kind of a, if you like this correlated thing. And uh, and if you like the Texans, Stroud's already a big favorite. You don't really have anything to do there. He probably just wins. Just like an interesting wrinkle in that game. I thought I was going to bet Carolina when we did this last week. And the threes are all gone. Like they're just not there anymore. You got to pay a little bit more. I don't know. I got to think about it a little more. I'm not as like, yeah, they're going to win. I'm in as I thought I was. Um, you could be right. And I might bet Bryce Young anyway to win. Even if I don't know if they're going to win or not, I might bet him anyway. But like short of that bet, I don't know if I'll have a bet on this game as of right now. Well, I, I just because I don't think it's going to last. And I ate some juice to do it. Nom, nom. Nom, nom, yes. nom. <laughs> I, uh, also, I t- don't you I... drink juice? Say like I ate juice. Like, I oh, yeah, I got a, got a glass of orange juice out of the fridge and ate it. Ate that some bitch. Yeah, I ate yeah, the juice. Took that orange juice and went chomp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I don't feel like the number is gonna last. And I do like Carolina in the game. Um, I can kind of save like the narrative y stuff. And also, like people have heard me do it already. I think Bryce Young's awesome, and I think he's. He, I think his swagger is back, and I think we saw that even though they got boat raced by Miami. That was more about the defense giving up a billion points than it was about Bryce Young. I think he's going to come out firing. I think the offense is going to look better. The personnel still isn't great, but like, there's no way it's going to be as bad as it was. I feel confident in saying that with like a more modern play caller than 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 uh, than Frank Reich was. Okay. So maybe you're right, Ken, and maybe Carolina's not the side in the game, and maybe Houston wins. Tell me how this game doesn't go over the total. If we like Stroud and we like Bryce Young and a low total, I'm gonna bet. I'm betting the over, like literally, like right now, as soon as we go to break. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet over 42 and a half. On the other side, we will talk more Week Eight in the NFL, at least the Seahawks and the Browns, and maybe also the Chiefs and the Broncos. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Lockmas coming up in this segment. Bets of Steel coming up in this segment. Uh, Niners, Vikings, and ALCS Game 7 coming up next segment here on this magnificent Football Monday. Uh, about 40 minutes left in the show here with Nick and Ken on the BetQL Network. We will get to the Seahawks and the Browns, P-squared, B-squared, in just a moment. And then we'll have, we'll have six games to hit tomorrow on the show, which is awesome. Love that. I uh, just want to pass this along. Um, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter tweeting moments ago that the NFL is now asking injury report compliance questions to the Falcons about when they knew Bijan Robinson wasn't physically well and why it was not reported as per hashtag league policy. Uh, he didn't put that hashtag in. I decided to verbally include it. Schefter also adds, it's standard practice for the league to question teams about a player if he is not included on the weekly injury report and then is either unavailable or plays far less than what typically occurs. Violations have been met with fines. I got to tell you. Few things in life make me happier than rooting for an entity like the National Football League and rooting for someone like Roger Goodell to do the right thing. I am team Roger. I am team NFL. Take their draft picks away. They don't even play the guys that they do draft. Who cares? It doesn't make it. They're great. Great. They'll, they'll, they'll have the number one pick. They'll draft Caleb Williams, and then they'll play Taylor Heineke over him next year because that's what Bozo Arthur Smith does. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll be a fine, and that'll be it. But hopefully we'll deter this sort of conduct from happening ever again. Signed, disgruntled, better in fantasy football player. Okay, Jake, bring the music back up here. Ken, let's hit one more game if we can here for week eight in the National Football League. And that game will be... Also, I was like, I thought you were going to be like when we went to break. You're like, I thought you were going to be like, wow, man, you're really right on the, the total in the Panthers-Texans game. I love it too. Do you, do no. you not? I mean, it's it's. you notice we've done like four games where we've talked about the total. It's been like, oh, the over. Like, that's it. It's like, well... It's kind of a kind of a trend going on right now that we can't seem to kick, oh, wh- which is that what, the quality of football it? is miserable. <laughs> yeah, and there's way less scoring, and teams in the red zone are brutal. And also, this is subjective. It's probably not supported by the data. God, it feels like there's so many more offensive penalties right now than there have been previously. I mean, see, like the number of holding calls in some of these games. Uh, we have we've had the uh, the offensive line offsides called now with everybody trying to do the, the Jalen Hurts uh, brotherly shove play, which has been really funny. Yeah, it's subjective, just but scoring is way down. And I thought it would rebound a little bit this week. It didn't. And uh, and going forward, like I, I won't expect it to. I'll just, whatever's happening is what's going to happen going forward for now. And I'm not going to hop into these totals markets and, and try to bet a lot of these overs. All right, so let's go to the uh, the Seahawks-Browns game, where the total is uh, starts with a three. Uh, it's 39.5. Maybe it'll go up to 40, but right now at BetMGM, it's 39.5. The Seahawks coming off. Uh, thank God they covered, because I would be the joker today. I'd be wearing face paint if the, the Seahawks had not covered that game. So the Seahawks beat the Cardinals by 10. They covered the spread. Uh, the Browns um, lose to Sean Watson early in the game. And I actually think, and we don't have to have like a nuanced conversation in the interest of time about it, my read on it, is that Deshaun could have come back in the game and Stefanski benched him. And Stefanski like can 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 tow the company line and say, we were protecting him and he's still our guy. Uh, that felt a lot to me like Stefanski was like, I'm done with this guy for right for today and PJ Walker's gonna play and we'll address this movie. That's my opinion. That's not reported. I felt like it was a benching, not like, oh, we're gonna sit him down for his own. It's the NFL. Guys play with injuries all the time. Stefanski could be on the hot seat if they don't win. You think really? Like he's going to sit Deshaun Watson down for his... Really? Give me a break. I think he got benched for P.J. Walker. 
Anyway, the Browns did win the game. And now we are sitting, Ken, with Seattle in between a two-and-a-half and a, a three-point home favorite against Cleveland. We think it's going to be Deshaun Watson, but then again, this point spread indicates that it might be a halfway number, right? So what do you think? What sense do you try to make here of the Seahawks and the Browns' point spread? I mean, tough to try to make a lot of sense, honestly, right? This Cle- Browns have been the funniest team from a point spread standpoint the whole year. Uh, what, how would you have them rated? I don't. I don't know. It's been a different version of the team every single week, and we thought maybe it was a Deshaun healthy number last week, and then like he just is pulled and is hurt, quote unquote hurt. And PJ Walker plays. It's just worth noting. I just like want to say this again because it blows my mind. And it was scrolling on the red zone bottom line every five minutes yesterday. Browns defeat Colts thirty nine thirty eight semicolon pj walker 15 for 32 178 yards no touchdowns one interception deshaun was one for five with a pick for what it's worth so like what (laughs) just really like a bizarre game and it's like you know i know like you know the Browns like ran the ball, like, you know, Ford had like a explosive running play for like 70 yards in the game. Garrett like leaps and blocks a kick. There's like lots of explosive plays that weren't PJ Walker throwing the ball down the field. Um, we, we just have to know who the quarterback is. Like if it, if it's PJ Walker, then I really like Seattle in this game. Cause he's awful. Cause he's really bad at playing quarterback and they're going to be three on the road, like a three point dog on the road. If it's like, we don't know and it's Deshaun, but he's hurt and he's got this bruise or whatever. I think I'm done trying to figure out the team, honestly. And the number can be three, and I just won't bet it, and I won't care. But, like, like Seahawks can't be three against P.J. White. And I know the Browns' defense is great. That's awesome. Uh, I don't think they can be three against P.J. White. I think they got to be more than that. What? What? Well, oh, agreed. I, if the Browns yeah. came out today and announced that P.J. Walker's playing, there's no way this number's three. It's definitely going up. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the Browns' numbers are supposed to be with anybody. Because it's, it's not just that, like... Like it's Watson with an injury, so the the rating difference between the two actually should start to become like the same because he's just like bad hurt Deshaun Watson and PJ Walker's healthy but terrible. So it's just it's actually like the difference between them, the delta to use Kanish's word, is actually narrowing. Like they're they're starting to become the same terrible quarterback entity. Uh, they're not there yet. There's a difference, but it's actually not that far off. Like it's narrowing very quickly. Uh we'll talk more about this game later in the week. We'll get to Lockmas in a second, and then Bets of Steel. I I think the Seahawks are incredibly stupid. Like a really, really, oh, really, yeah. really dumb team. Um, yeah. There's a lot of dumb teams. I feel like I may end up with like a, some kind of Browns bet in this game. I, I'm not saying at this number. I don't even know what it, what it would be or even if I'm going to bet it. Just like I feel like I... I feel like I may be on the Browns at a big price here if we get that big price, if it's going to be P.J. Walker. But like we can't, we can't really like... I, who's playing quarterback? How health? How healthy is the quarterback? And uh, Alex puts this in our chat. This news just coming in per Adam Schefter. Jerome Ford out one to two weeks with a low grade high ankle sprain. <laughs> right. So Ford's going to be out a month, basically, is what that means. Not one to two games. Kareem Hunt will be the Browns. Also, like Hunt's not 100% healthy, and he played well in the game yesterday. So Hunt will be right. the Browns' lead running back now with Chubb and Ford both out. We'll talk more about this later in the week. I just don't think I can, like, bet Seattle and feel good about it after the last couple of weeks. Get to bets of steel coming up in a few moments. But right now, Santa's got to tell us how to bet the national championship market in college football, where don't, don't look now. 
But the team that Santa's liked all season, now the favorite for the first time in the betting market to win the Natty in this edition, guys, of Lochmas. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. crowd but for nick and ken college football only sounds like one thing it's luck miss time on you better you bet All right, Santa, let's talk national championship right now in college football, where Michigan, now the favorite at BetMGM, plus 225, Georgia, plus 275, Ohio State, after their win against Penn State at 7-1, to Florida State, plus 750, Washington, who survives the game this weekend, but does win, Washington, 13-1, to Alabama, big second-half comeback against Tennessee, hashtag needed it, love it, Alabama, 14-1, to so too is Oklahoma, who survives and beats UCF, I have drawn the line there, so Ken, you're thoughts on national title and any other schools that I did not mention that you think are are, are noteworthy? No, there aren't any. Um, you know, uh, same opinion as before to start out with, that I think Michigan's the most likely team to win. The market is very strongly starting to reflect that, and not just that Michigan's the most likely team to win. Uh, it'll be interesting if this holds up when the quality of competition gets better. Penn State in a couple of weeks, Ohio State end of the season, uh, a historically good team, Michigan. And I know you're going you're gonna to say, well, the schedule. And you're right, but a lot of teams play easy schedules and a lot of teams aren't historically good and they are. So I'm going to keep saying that until they're not historically good. And maybe that's when they play Penn state and Penn state's defense is really good. And it stops being like that. Uh, historically good. That's what they are right now. And they should be rated like it. And they're starting to be rated like it, which is great. Uh, also their quarterback is now the favorite to win the Heisman. We'll do that tomorrow. Uh, if Michigan's going to be historically good, guess who's going to win the Heisman, their quarterback would be a really good way to think about it if you think they are going to be historically good at the end of the year. Uh, also, they haven't played Penn State and Ohio State, which are the two biggest games of the season that haven't happened yet in any conference. So just like, cool, yeah, he should be the favorite. Like, we were all talking about this last week. It just happened too fast. He just became the favorite too fast. We were trying to beat Penix. We were trying to beat him in two weeks. Um, that didn't take that long, apparently, for someone else, like the guy who's probably going to win to emerge. And, uh, and we'll see what happens. Doesn't mean McCarthy has to win, just that, like, I think everyone's starting to pick up on the, oh, yeah, they're probably going to go 12-0, and 13-0, and, like, he's their quarterback, and he's really good. So, anyway, that's where we are with that. The other team whose fortunes changed pretty dramatically, honestly, and we'll see what happens with other teams taking losses at the end of the year. The current discussion among people who are, like, who's going to make the playoff, like, Herb Street chimed in on this. A couple people had hypotheticals. The current kind of discussion seems to be, well, if five teams go undefeated, which four make it? That's what everyone's talking about right now. And that's a really fun discussion. History would tell us that like, we're probably gonna get five weeks from now and it's gonna be like, hey, like one team has no losses and how do we figure out how the one loss teams are gonna shake out? That's like always how this goes, no matter how good the undefeated teams are. And the team that helped itself the most was Ohio State and it's not even close because they created an entry to have a second Big Ten team make it if they lose to Michigan. They've created that by beating Penn State. This is the same dynamic that we had last year and Ohio State got it again. Uh, I think it is possible because they went and played Notre Dame and beat them that the same thing could happen. Like Michigan's historically good. If Michigan's the only team Ohio State loses to, you're gonna hear this again. And yeah, like you need Florida State to take an L. 
and you need the Pac-12 teams to take an L, and you might need Oklahoma to lose. Like, you might need some of this stuff to happen because Georgia's probably not going to lose unless they play Alabama at the end. But if they, whatever, there's a lot of ways that can play out. Um, I think it's more likely now by a lot that Ohio State makes it. And they do, look, I don't. I like Michigan way more. Ohio State checks a ton of the boxes historically too. They at least have to be considered possible as a winner now. And they had to get past, past Penn State for that to like really take shape because now the one loss entryway to the playoff is open. Where if their only loss is to the historically good undefeated Michigan team that still signs, then... Uh, then like they're the committee's probably gonna gonna put them in especially because they went on the road and beat notre dame and they beat penn state so uh ohio state improved a ton i have a, a lot of them not a lot but like i have some of them to win and i have a ton of michigan so uh we're looking great if you listen to me we're looking great if you didn't i think michigan's gonna win the national championship and you can choose to do whatever you want with that information all right santa's been on it all year with michigan and michigan now the favorite as you just said maybe a historically great regular season team that is day one of lochmas day two up Obviously, what what follows day one, day two. That'll be tomorrow. We'll talk the Heisman Trophy in college football. But I think we have time now to play the bets. Well, it's, it's eight seconds long, so we definitely have time. Uh, only one game tonight in the National Hockey League, which is a buzzkill. We wish there were more. Good news. Tomorrow, there's a billion games, and we will hit all of them. But we got Buffalo, and we got Montreal. Let's hit it, guys. Bets of Steel on a Monday. It's time for Nick and Ken's Hockey Bets. Drop the puck. It's Bets of Steel. Jake, play on Drop the Puck uh, three times. Drop the puck. Drop the puck. Drop the puck. All right, Ken. We got the Sabres and the Canadiens from Buffalo. And both, uh, well, Montreal is going to start Jake Allen. It was like one of like their two goalies. But the Sabres will be starting a backup tonight. Eric Comrie, I believe is his name, right? He played Saturday against the Islanders and played well. The Sabres beat the Islanders in that game on Saturday. So, bit of a roughish start to the season for Buffalo. They're trying to get things turned around. And a pretty good start to the season, all things considered, for the Montreal Canadiens. Ken, your bets, please, for tonight with Buffalo and Montreal. Yeah, I mean, my only question in this game, just looking at each team's metrics so far, is like whether to play Buffalo or not. Um, and I, I, Montreal has gotten off to a good start. Uh, Buffalo's underlying metrics are still really good. They just haven't played very well. Uh, at some point, they'll wake up and we'll want to play on them. I don't know if it starts tonight. I don't have anything I particularly like for this game. I might lay the, the Sabres on the puck line to have action. But, like, that would be it. And there's a lot else going on tonight, so this would be a very small bet. So, like, maybe the Sabres on the puck line. I I couldn't find anything in this market that I think is that interesting. Uh, BetMGM has, like, the total at BetMGM is now seven in the game. And, like, the under yeah, is, yeah. like, minus 155, which, like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just bet under six and a half and uh, get plus money on it, which you can do at a bunch of places. And obviously, like, we want you to sign up for the King of Sportsbooks. But for the bet I'm giving out, I don't want people laying minus 155. Uh, I like the under in the game. I, if I had to bet the winner of the game, I would bet Buffalo, and I would bet the puck line. The Sabres are about minus 190 to win the game. Buffalo's power play has been atrocious to start the season, and maybe tonight's the night that it turns around. And maybe they get a bunch of goals, and they win going away, and the game goes over. But Buffalo's offense has been pretty inept, and Buffalo's goalie in his first start played well against the Islanders. And Jake Allen had a nice start to the season. So I'll play under in this game. Under six and a half with the Sabres and the Canadiens as I hope. Look to continue my personal October here in the National Hockey League. Coming up next, our bets for game seven of the ALCS with the Rangers and the Astros and side total and props. Monday Night Football, Niners and Vikings. 
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jay. We'll bring it to you as soon as we get it. But for now, we have some thank yous to do a lot before we end the show with bets for San Francisco and Minnesota and ALCS Game 7. One wonderful guest on the show today, our good friend, the whale capper, Drew Densick. Always appreciate whale coming on the show. Our executive producer, Alex Fasano. Our technical director, Tyler Morales. Our engineer, Jake the Snake Hassan. And our video producer, God's Perfect Creation, downtown. Mike Brown. Coming up after us, it's a four-hour live betting extravaganza known to you and yours as BetMGM Tonight. Don't miss it. Following us here on the BetQL Network. Okay. Uh, Just NLCS Game 6 update. Diamondbacks up 3-1 at the top of the fifth. Scoring settled down after after the second inning where the Diamondbacks played at three and the Phillies scored one. So 3-1 here. Both starters remain in. Merrill Kelly and Aaron Nola. So Nola working through the early trouble at about 81 pitches right now. And by about, I mean he's at 81 pitches. Uh, We'll keep you updated if anything happens in between now and the time we go off the air. But it's time to get to it. Monday Night Football, Niners and Vikings, Jake the Snake, kindly drop the dope-ass beat. Our show sponsor is BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. And over at BetMGM, you can play the free 8-bit Barry game once a day for a chance to win daily prizes. You play as Hall of Famer Barry Sanders. That's pretty awesome. And you choose to spin, stiff arm, or juke your way to the end zone. Now, Barry Sanders, a good Hall of Fame, maybe the best running back ever. Not known for the stiff arm. If it were me and I was playing the 8-bit Barry game, I would spin and juke. As opposed to things like the the 8-bit Earl game for like Earl Campbell. You definitely do the stuff for him. The 8-bit Jerome game for Jerome Bettis. But the 8-bit Barry game, I'm thinking more like spin or juke. That's me, though. And you do that all the way to the end zone where you hand the football to the official and act like you've been there before. Shout out to the great Barry Sanders. If Barry scores a touchdown, which he did many times throughout his Hall of Fame career, you score a reward. So download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com and do so today. Also, download the BetQL app for the tools you need to take down the sports books, including five-star plays like Alexander Madison's under rushing yards tonight. Low number, 45 and a half for Madison. BetQL likes the under for Alexander Madison going up against this fearsome 49ers front where he might have to split time with Cam Green Acres. BetQL.com and the BetQL app. All right, let's get to it now. Side and total. 
uh, Niners and Vikings. So here's what we know, and like we're waiting for the information to officially come out. We know that Trent Williams is going to be out for tonight's game, and we know that Debo Samuel will not only miss tonight's game for San Francisco, but Debo already ruled out for next week as well. Then the Niners have their bye. So the Niners host Cincinnati next week, one of the best games of the regular season so far. They won't have Debo Samuel for that game. We are expecting when the actives and inactives come out in moments for Christian McCaffrey to be active. Adam Schefter reported today that McCaffrey would play in the game. Nothing really to note in on the Viking side. Uh, San Francisco, Kem, in between a six and a half and a seven point road favorite at BetMGM. They are seven even money. Minnesota plus seven, minus 120. So this is like we're almost a six and a half again. The total's been bet under a little bit. Now it's a 43 and a half juiced over. It was 44 a little while ago. So money coming in on the under here and a little bit pushing the Niners up towards seven. But again, this is basically like 6.75. Minnesota plus 240 on the money line. San Francisco minus 300. Uh, Ken, all your analysis, please. And bets side in total san francisco and minnesota i know you're you're really confident in the side of this game uh i'm i'm not uh there's a couple things i think are really interesting here though for people to think about um the chiefs played the vikings a couple weeks ago we remember that game because there was an incredible amount of interest in minnesota in the game and uh i and met the spread all the way down to like yeah, chiefs three and a half was basically where we closed almost three and obviously Jefferson was still playing for the Vikings at that point. And, uh, and, you know, there was a ton of interest in Minnesota who had played basically close games against everybody all year. And that was a, a very close game. And that spread close three and Jefferson's out. And I think you can make almost a like for like swap rating wise with the Niners and the chiefs, two highest rated teams in the league. They're both really, really, really good. I think the question is almost like, all right, do we know enough more about the Vikings and the Niners? Uh, and is Jefferson's value really so great that we go like three, three and a half Chiefs to seven San Francisco is really it. It feels like a little bit too much, just to be honest. And uh, the way the Niners have just pulverized some teams that they're better than. I don't think I can take Minnesota, but like if I was in a pool and seven was the spread, I would take Minnesota um, with the idea being like, I don't think the Chiefs can be three and Jefferson's gets you to seven against a comparable opponent. Um, so Vikings seven, like maybe for something. Um, I think what I'd be more confident in, honestly, the Niners team total tonight's like 25 and a half, 26, 26 and a half, like that range. 26, not a key number, obviously. Uh, Chiefs and Eagles both barely went over this number. Um, I think you get like a, a better performance from Brock Purdy. You had like the worst game of his career against the Browns. I think they score. And then it's basically just like in catch up mode to the Vikings backdoor of the game. Yes, no. And I don't know the answer to that. So I'll play the Vikings team total over for a couple bucks. This is not a game that I'm particularly confident in like Minnesota against the spread a little bit, but think it's probably close to the right number, maybe a little too much. And, uh, and I'll bet the Niners to score in the game like the Eagles were able to do like the Chiefs were able to do. Uh, I'll give like kind of like a nuanced point spread answer here. Um, I like San Francisco in the game. I, I bet six and a half. It's sevens, like whatever. I mean, I guess I still like the Niners a little bit in the game, but like six and a half is the number that I really like to bet with uh, with the 49ers. And uh, well, I did this gimmick with the Lions and the Ravens and I was way wrong. So hopefully I'll be right this time. Uh, I'll ask a couple of questions and then in the interest of time, I'll also answer them. And again, I, this resulted in 38-6 against me on Sunday. Um, question number one. How are the Niners not scoring in this game? Like, how is that not a thing that happens? How is it? I don't care that Debo's not playing. How are the Niners not scoring? Uh, like, the Vikings are going to run, like, the man coverage, and Flores is going to blitz a ton because that's what he does every game because he knows he doesn't have the personnel. And I think it's a pretty smart idea. Also, against good, good offenses, he's going to get shredded, and Purdy's going to absolutely pick them apart. And it's not even like Purdy's Joe Montana. It doesn't matter. They're going to get picked apart by good offenses. How are the Niners not scoring? On the flip side... 
how are the Vikings scoring against the Steiners defense? Like, I get it. Trent Williams isn't playing. Uh, Debo Samuel's not playing. Also, they don't play defense. And Dre Greenlaw's playing for San Francisco. So, great. Like, TJ Hawkinson's really good. He's their best offensive player now that Jefferson's out. Okay, great. Here's Dre, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Okay, like, good luck. Uh, here's Jordan Addison is the one. Good luck. Here's K the Purple Goblin, KJ Osborne, and Brandon Powell against this Niners defense. Just, like, good luck. I don't see it. Uh, so I like San Francisco in the game. Six and a half is the number that I would like to bet. It's the number that I have bet. I do like San Francisco. And maybe Minnesota just has this gravitational pull that every game has to be close. We'll find out tonight. <laughs> I I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Give me the San Francisco 49ers tonight to win and cover the spread. By the way, the actives and inactives list officially out. Christian McCaffrey not listed, which means he's active and will be good to play for the Niners. Now, he's going to play. You going to go over that points as uh, his yardage prop? I've already got like NBA on my brain saying points props. Is yeah. he going to go over that yardage prop? I don't know. It's low, though. I think, Let's have I think a prop so. Con Let's have a, yeah, yeah, probably. Let's have a prop conversation here now. Uh, the prop king yesterday... Much like the side and total conversation, uh, our bets from the Prop King yesterday. Eking out, basically even the slightest of winners yesterday for thy Royal Prop King. And got a couple really fortunate results at the ends of uh, the 1 o'clock games and a couple bets to go over on yard. That, that Elijah Moore goes over at the end of the Browns game. Definitely thought that that was a loser. There was one other player that went over at like, the very end of the game that like it should have been a loser probably. So two results went the Prop King's way yesterday. That was the difference between what would have been a losing day and like a slight winning day for thy Royal Prop King. So now it is time for that Royal Prop King. Let's bring the music down, please. Same thing we do every single week, thanks. For the Prop King to descend down from thy royal throne, trapes across thy royal balcony, whatever. Over to the balcony, uh, we're almost out of time and we got to do baseball bets. Prop bets for the Niners and the Vikings. Now approaching the betting window, it is your Prop King, Nick Costos. All hail King Costos! All hail King Costos! And by the way, the bet that cashed yesterday that should not have the other one was Jameer Gibbs. Like, they're down 38-6 at the end of the game, and Campbell's feeding him the rock, and he ends up going over his rushing yards prop. That was the other one that should have lost that one. So, a couple fortunate results yesterday. Um, Alex just put this on the screen. Giannis signs a three-year, $186 million extension with the Bucks. The Lillard trade was worth it, even if they don't win the title, because now Giannis is there for a couple more years. So, great job by the Milwaukee Bucks making that trade happen for Damian Lillard. Anyway, only one prop bet for tonight, yardage-wise. Uh, this is hashtag BetSquareDon'tCare. It's actually not Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk... Uh, as in, you know, Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire. Uh, he is Brock Purdy's first read. He is the alpha, the star of this passing game. And even without Debo Samuel, like, I think Ayuk can still absolutely dominate this game tonight. Ayuk absolutely bosses man coverage. That's what the Vikings run. And he's always Purdy's first read in the passing game. This prop has been bet up a couple yards over the course of the day. So I bet it at 71 and a half, at 73 and a half. I think it's still good. I think it's a big game for Brandon Ayuk tonight. Yes, it's a square bet. No, I don't care. Brandon Ayuk over 71 and a half receiving yards and one anytime touchdown prop will do first and anytime here. The one for one replacement for Debo Samuel is Ray Ray McLeod. Like Ronnie Bell was the one for one replacement for Brandon Ayuk that Thursday night game against the Giants. Now Ray Ray is more established, obviously, so it's not as big a number. Ray Ray McLeod first and anytime touchdown tonight for the 